0: Heard the call to build your small business? Make it happen with a .NET domain name. The place for dreamers for 30 years and counting. Visit keepdreamingup.net for tips and advice. Whether you're just getting started or looking to grow, that's keepdreamingup.net. On today's show, the Hornets get a win over the Washington Wizards. Did it open the door for a possible playoff push? Plus, we introduce you to the man they call Bree... Briante Weber, the newest Charlotte Hornet. We talk more Hornets before 9 a.m. than most people do in an entire day. You are locked on Hornets. You are locked on, locked on, locked on Hornets. Your daily Charlotte Hornets podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Mm-hmm. Welcome into Locked On Hornets on this Monday, another week of the best Charlotte Hornets news and analysis in your podcast feed every day whenever you need it. I'm Doug Branson, joined by a man who never sleeps on his Twitter haters. Uh, actually, he just never <laughs> sleeps. Not at, Not at all. Not at all. Not at all. I've just got, again,
1: I got myself some IHOP from Rudy Tootie Fresh and Fruity. Um, Peach pancakes. I'm good to go for at least another oh about hour, hour and a half to like uh, ultimately crash.
0: And you're you're sending me pictures of uh, what giant I can only assume banks. is the the Arctic North. Yes, Antarctica.
1: Yes. Yeah, yeah, yes, pretty much. This has become Bristol is now hoth. Bristol is officially hoth. There are snow banks bigger than me, collected essentially from all the the the, the giant blizzard that was last week and i cannot wait to be out of here if only for the weather if only for the weather
0: well we we'd love to have you back in charlotte that's for sure um We, we shall
2: see we shall see.
0: Let's start in Charlotte where the Hornets get a win over a very good Washington Wizards team. The Hornets were rested. The Wizards were not. They were on a second night of a back-to-back, and the Hornets were able to take advantage. Not a lot of offense in this one, Nada, but the Hornets got just enough going on in the fourth quarter thanks to 11 points from Frank Kaminsky. The fourth quarter, top of guy. uh, Yeah, it was just a great performance. It was a
1: great performance, and I'm glad that he came back. He's starting to get back into his groove, obviously after missing... last two weeks and despite what i said last week when i said if they lose to chicago it's over no one must have listened no one listened to me no one clearly listened to me they listened to you they they love the positive feedback that you give them but clearly they didn't listen to me when i said if you lose to chicago it's over because (laughs) they went all out for this game we saw them diving on loose balls mkg's hustle um and mind you mkg decided you know what i'm not gonna let cody be the only one that puts up these posters he had a sick reverse dunk that i that i really did appreciate and i think may or may not make poster boys on sports center at nine o'clock shameless plug
0: well, it, it was an amazing play, but yeah, I mean, Cody Zeller had a great performance as well. Eight of ten from the floor, nineteen points, five rebounds, and four steals for the big man, along with two blocks. I mean, he was um, well. I'll, I'll let uh, I'll let Stephanie Reddy uh, take it for me here.
3: Cody is all over the place.
0: Yeah, I mean, he was. He was just all he over was. the floor, and it was a lot of energy. And I, I think it speaks to two days rest. I mean, they finally, yes, it does. you know, they got two days rest and and they, they came into this one with a lot of energy and the Wizards were without Markeith Morris, so they could not uh, spread the floor as much as they normally would like to. And the Hornets starters played well. And I have to give it to the bench as well. I think the bench was able to hold serve uh, despite not getting a lot of offense from Jeremy Lamb, Briante Weber, or uh, Frank Kaminsky, at least in the you know, first three in quarters. In the first three quarters, yeah. yeah. But But defensively they were able to hold Washington just enough for the starters to get in there and dominate.
1: That's the thing though. It's amazing what happens when you do not put the, the basically the human negative net minus in Brian Roberts out on the floor against a good team. And what happens? Briante Weber didn't give you much, but what he did give you was he didn't, he didn't kill you in terms of turnovers in terms of defending his man adequately and being the stopper, or basically not being a civ on defense. He may not give you the occasional three-pointer, and I've read a stat somewhere that Brian Roberts and Ramon Sessions are the only two guys hitting above 40% from three since January 1, which I found very, very interesting. But at the same time, we're also talking about a guy in Briante Weber who is going to at least give you at minimum, slightly above-average NBA defense, which is all Cliff really wants out of his backup point guard, being able to run the offense and, more importantly, defend his man because this is such a point guard-heavy league, and you do have a top—and, again, he's going against, at times, a top three point guard in this league in John Wall. So I do like what he gave you. I think the offense with Briante is going to come. I'm just— not sure we're not going to see it before, I don't know, Orlando or maybe even the preseason, but I do like what they gave. The bench gave, despite not giving up, not giving you much on offense, they just didn't kill you as they normally did, as we've seen three, for most of this season.
0: Yeah, he harassed Brandon Jennings all night and helped hold Jennings to two points, and we know that that guy can get heated up if you let him. Uh, one he, of killed, six he, shooting. Killed he killed the horns with the knicks. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely, and, and
1: Courtney Lee. Though that's the reason that they they lost two games that they should not have to the New York Knicks is because of Brandon Jennings and the team and the he, defense.
0: Yeah, no, that's all good points. Uh, the team here at Locked On Hornets had a chance to catch up with Briante this week, a pretty important week for a guy who is quickly becoming a fan favorite. Take a listen. <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> I'm still tweeting it. That is Briante Weber joking with teammates at practice. A day after the Charlotte Hornets made it official, he's going to be in teal and purple the rest of the season, signing his name to a multi-year
3: deal after playing out two 10-day contracts. I'm just excited, man, for the, to give an opportunity to play here. i um, actually with an organization that actually uh, believes in me and believes I can help them out in any way possible. I'm just, I'm ecstatic. He likes to go by Bree,
0: and the more you talk to teammates, his coach, and people around the team, one thing becomes clear, he's very easy to like. He's confident, he has a big smile, an even bigger heart when he steps onto the floor. But Weber's journey has not always left him smiling. Four-court, Weber, hop step, into Johnson, Johnson shoots and misses, rebound, and Weber's down and he is hurt. On January 31, 2015, he was 12 steals away from becoming the NCAA's all-time career leader. The VCU guard was attracting all kinds of interest from NBA teams, but a knee injury and two surgeries later, he was undrafted, unable to pass a physical, and in the NBA's Development League. Over the next year-plus, he would enter a journey that resembled a rotating door— impressed with the sioux falls Skyforce, and weber is going to end up alley-ooping it to himself that's a way to get noticed at the d-league showcase there you go get a 10-day call up get released back to the sky Force. another 10-day another release the whole process was frustrating for weber but he kept it positive on twitter where he candidly shared his journey his love of vcu and his hashtag new beginning in charlotte Nearing the end of his second 10-day contract, it looked like he was heading back to the rotating door. March 13th, shortly before the Hornets were set to take on the Chicago Bulls, Weber tweeted, Just want a shot, man. That's all. Hashtag new beginning.
1: Rondo. not finish.
0: It's in the third quarter of Hornets-Bulls in Charlotte, and the Hornets were struggling to fend off a feisty Bulls team. Their playoff hopes were hanging by a string. The team was getting beaten up on the boards, beaten to every loose ball. They needed a spark. Hornets coach Steve Clifford looks back, Points to his bench. Backup point guard Brian Roberts gets halfway up out of his seat, but Clifford clarifies, and Weber, who was already out of his seat at this point, uses his hand to push past Roberts, rips off his shorts, and checks into the game.
3: Steve Clifford going to send in
2: Something Briante Weber.
3: I just was looking for some toughness. Somebody, you know, he's, I, you know, I don't know how good he is, but he's tough. You know what I mean? And he's confident. And I was just looking for a burst.
0: For Weber, the decision to call his number in a close game with so much to play for was a dream come true. Everything that he's played for over the past two years. The first thing that he did after the game was share
3: the moment with his biggest supporter. You know, kind of talk to my mom. She kind of my uh, the shoulder that I lean on. So I just, we continue to talk about it. She was just like, it's your time. Don't overthink it. Just be yourself and at the end of the day. That's all I can be. Weber willingly admits,
0: and these are his words, that he's a mama's boy. But he plays like a grown man on the court, and Coach Clifford has noticed. You know,
3: he's energetic. He can really guard the ball. He's very confident. But he's going to get his chance here to play because I like him, and I like the way he plays, and I like what he's bringing to our team.
0: In the past, Clifford has shown deference to point guards who know his system he demands intelligence and organization on offense it requires a, a familiarity with the system that Weber simply doesn't possess yet but Clifford also could not deny that his team needed a special something something that Weber could give
3: he's coming in he changes the tempo of the game you know he's got a little nastiness to him
0: nastiness it's not a word you immediately associate with point guards or
3: with positive play but it's a term that Bree embraces fully uh definitely me uh I'm not a nice guy on the court in between those lines it's it's either me or you so I'm taking my chances with anybody so I'm just gonna continue to
0: fight when asked about what makes him a tough matchup Weber doesn't talk about his pick-and-roll game or his knack for picking pockets, although both of those things are very important. Instead, he talks about words like will and want to. It's what lets you know that he has a special type of mentality and a special type of energy. And of course, he talks about
3: his mom. Baby, She just continued to tell me to just be brief and at a time when the time comes, just be, just be ready and... That being said, I was more than ready for this
0: opportunity. From Spectrum Center, Doug Branson, Locked on Hornets. Thanks to Justin Thomas from ESPN Charlotte who contributed to that story. Nada, we got the tweet from Chris Kroger of WFNZ uh, that this multi-year deal probably non-guaranteed in that second year. What's your read on Briante Weber, his play so far, and his future with this team?
1: To me, I think he's gonna be, I think he's gonna be the backup point. I think he's the backup point guard of the future. I really think they're going, they're not bringing back Ramon Sessions. Obviously, at that team team option for six million dollars, they can go use that money to something else. Probably filling out the bench even more. I think they've got their point guard. They're just gonna wait. Obviously, this is a one and one where they're gonna fit. He's gonna finish the year with Charlotte. It's the same thing with Johnny O'Brien. It's the same. They're going to finish the year with him. And then more importantly, he'll be in camp for he'll be in in the spring uh, summer league with Orlando. And more importantly, he'll be in preseason camps. And I do believe that Brian Roberts is done. I do think Ramon Sessions is done. And I think this guy is going to be a fan favorite because of the way he hustles. That nastiness to him, which you need, you need a bulldog backup point guard. Every team that I can, remember, every, every the foundation of every good team has one. Um, I remember with the Knicks, it was before he started. It was Charlie Ward, because Chris Childs would always start the games off. Charlie Ward come in, finish it off, be that bulldog on defense that would just uh, just get in your shorts and annoy the crap out of you. The uh, and there's you can go up and down the line of great teams that had that backup point guard, that nasty do anything that you need to point guard and a guy like Briante Weber is what you're looking for in a backup point guard. He's not going to kill you. He's got the size to where you can play him and Kemba at the same time and put Kemba off the ball where Briante Weber comes in, does his thing. You can put him on the two guard because he is a defensive defensively. He can guard one and twos. I like this move and I just hope it works out.
0: Weber's future with the Hornets may not be guaranteed, Nada, but what is guaranteed is what we suspected, or what at least I suspected, which was that the Hornets are still trying to go out there and win ball games. There's no uh, tank mentality in the staff or amongst the players. It even sounds like some guys may be uh, still – out there despite a little pain going on maybe some uh, some lingering effects of injury uh, to help this basketball team listen to this from Steve Clifford after Saturday's game on Frank Kaminsky
3: you know it bothers him a little bit his shoulder you know it's not terrible but you know he's always he's messing with it a lot you know so i think it hurts a little bit
0: now i asked him about this at practice yesterday and he had this to say uh, about those comments i
3: would just say in terms of him being like carefree. I just, I don't think there's any, or he wouldn't be out there, but, um, but uh, I just think uh, watching him, you know, I, not, I mean, if there was any chance he could get re-injured, he wouldn't be on the floor.
0: Is there any concern about this? I think people listening may go, wait a minute, you know, there's still nine games uh, below 500 with 13 to play. Uh, you know, I understand you want to make the playoffs, but is there a concern about maybe some long-term uh, issues with, with injuries?
1: I would, if, if this was MKG, I would understand it. Frank has basically been fairly durable during his short tenure in the NBA, where I won't, I don't worry about it as much. This is MKG. I think we're, we're having a completely different conversation. If Frank wants to come back and try and build on his solid season thus far, I'm totally with it. Um, I did see also um, the Plum, again, Mr. Plumley decided to come out and practice and try and get some buckets up. And he may be trying to come back, which I would tell him, hey, hey, look, I like what Johnny O'Brien's giving us. Fall back and we'll figure it out with you later because I like what Johnny O'Brien, when he comes back, is going to give you. I'm just, uh, there are certain guys that, like with Plumley, I'm okay with not seeing again with Ramon Sessions. I'm really okay with not seeing him again at this point because I want to see what Breontae Weber gives me as, as in terms of what he can do as a backup point guard. This is a essentially a 13-game audition, plus summer league, plus the preseason. Give him as much time to earn this backup role as you can because he's a, on a non-guaranteed contract. Basically, if you don't like what he's giving you, you can cut him. It'll cost you nothing. I don't want to see Ramon seen what Ramon Sessions is. He's up, he's down, and he's getting older as a point guard. Give me the younger guy. Give me the guy that can give me something going forward that we can build on going into next year because, uh, unfortunately, none of the p- other point guards on the roster are doing it for me right now.
0: Yeah, I think the Hornets sense that some of these teams that are ahead of them, the Bucks, the Heat, uh, they've they played the Bucks twice. Uh, they, the Hawks, uh, who they play tonight have lost three in a row and they're down a few players. I think they look at the situation and they look at the schedule and and they're not counting themselves out and they also look at their practices and see guys like Miles Plumlee starting to do some contact drills. Uh, They see Ramon Sessions working slowly to get back and you know, they're going to have a little depth, a little health in the last uh, stretch of this season, and uh, they want to see what they can do. And I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how that plays out. I'm not as concerned about Frank's um, – I, again, I just have to take Clifford at his word that, you know, that this is an issue that is just about him being, you know, free to shoot the basketball. And, of course, he's got a lot of that compression on now. Uh, so exactly. that, that that's could a big be, thing. you know, he went 0 for 9 uh, to start that game on Saturday. And so he's obviously just working through some shooting issues as he returns. Uh, let's move on. All right. So we're starting a segment here on the show. Uh, basically, some postseason previews getting you ready for the NBA postseason over the next few weeks. Uh, going to kick it to some of our friends on the Locked On Podcast Network. Uh, and we'll start with the Atlanta Hawks. Why not? We're playing the uh, the Hawks tonight. So we're going to kick it to the Hawks podcast, but it's actually uh, the guest on that podcast, which is Adi Joseph from USA Today on a, a concern about the roster construction in Atlanta. Take a listen. Part of the problem
2: that led to the Corver trade and that, you know, um, is that for the last couple of years, we've, we've talked about how the Hawks didn't have enough wings, didn't have good enough wings. And now, like, the whole team is wings, and they've got, like, the worst backup point guard in the league in Malcolm Delaney. The wing players are notoriously um, a bit—it's really easy to predict which wing players you want to have and then hope that one of them has a good shooting season or a good shooting month or a good shooting week. Uh, But wing players—rotation level, but not particularly great wing players—are very streaky. Even the stars are. Klay Thompson's super streaky. Jimmy Butler is streaky. And and so when you're when you're talking about this team, like they really went away from what I thought made them so special, which was, was that they didn't really care about replaceable wing players. Uh, and now they've got this overload and, and and spending both first rounders on wing players. And you knew you needed a backup point guard. Didn't make sense to me. And uh, that that's how it puts Buden, Budenholzer in a weird position where he's trying to figure out how to sort out minutes. He's going with the most ready to play guys right now because they're in a playoff hunt. And you can't really blame him, but there's so little differentiation between the the six wing players that they started the season with.
0: Adi Joseph there guesting on locked on Hawks Hornets take on the Hawks tonight at the Spectrum Center tip set for seven o'clock PM. The Hornets and Hawks have dueled twice this year, once in Charlotte, once in Atlanta, Charlotte took both of those contests. Uh, The Hawks may have a glut of wing players, but they will not have those Uh, All those wing players available when they play the Hornets tonight. uh, They'll be without the services of starters. Kent Bazemore, they'll also be without Paul Millsap. Both of those players dealing with knee injuries, and the Hawks have dropped three in a row. So they will be coming to Charlotte trying to get a grip on their playoff seating, but without uh, two of their very key players. Uh, Nada, this seems like one that the Hornets have no excuse for losing.
1: I would agree, especially if the bully, the, the boogeyman recently for, the, for Atlanta, Paul Millsap, isn't going to play. Paul Millsap has utterly abused this front line up and down. It's now just about getting Dwight in foul trouble, making sure that Dwight is occupied, making sure he doesn't dominate the boards. As long as you do that, as long as the Hornets do that, they should be fine. But no Millsap means this is a must-win game. Granted, they're all must-win games. If you think that there's still a chance at the playoffs, but this is a must-win game, especially with no Paul, no no Paul Millsap.
0: Yeah, and and Brad Rowland of the Locked On Hawks podcast did point out that the three games that Paul Millsap has missed for the Hawks this season all blowout losses for Atlanta. So he is a key piece because I mean he can, you know, he can knock down shots, he can manufacture offense, but of course he is a key cog in this. Atlanta defense a defense that has not played well with Paul Millsap as of late And a lot of that has to do with uh, Dennis Schroeder not being able to stop dribble penetration and uh, Dwight Howard not wanting to leave the lane kind of block hunting a little bit and not really wanting to deal with any kind of pick and roll defense or you know stopping guards or anything like that so this Atlanta team They've got a lot of talent. They'll be without some of that talent on Monday night, but they've got some some issues that the Hornets will be able to expose. But the one thing that they can't do, Nada, is allow a guy like maybe a Tim Hardaway Jr. who has been...
1: To get off for, from
0: three. Yeah, yep. to, he's just been instant yeah. offense for this team, so they can't allow that to happen.
1: That and a guy like Torian Prince. Torian Prince is the guy that's the X factor for me for, for this game. Yeah. If he does anything significant, I'm saying 14-9, and nine, something along the lines of that, the Hornets will lose this game. I can guarantee you that. Torian Prince is the guy I watch. Dennis Schroeder, who has fallen off a cliff since the All-Star break. And like you said, Dwight, Like the one thing I'm worried about when we start talking about Dwight in this, in this aspect is that he is still a very good rim protector. The problem is with the guys in front of him, they're just he he can't leave the lane because they're all susceptible to dribble penetration, except for possibly Torian Prince, who's a above average man defender in the NBA. Only problem, uh, so there there's going to be problems. I think p- pick and roll, and you highlighted it earlier. I think pick and roll is going to be vital. That Cody, that Cody Kemba, Cody Batum, pick and roll is going to be the key to this game because if you can get these guys in pick and rolls, and then you can start. Get moving the ball around and getting the rotations right. If, if Hornets are hitting shots, this should be an easy blowout win, especially with all the wills that they have.
0: Well, and Clifford mentioned this at practice yesterday, when the Hornets' offense is playing well. I mean, you take a look at the past two games. Against the Pacers, it was awful. Against the Wizards, um, in the fourth quarter, it was really good. Uh, some of the other parts of the game, it was not. But um, Clifford put it simply, at practice, when the Hornets screen well, they they get open shots and they get more open shots and the offense plays better. So and they get into the lane. So I mean that those are that's the key. I mean they have to they have to screen well uh, and they have to keep moving the basketball and keep their focus uh, with uh, getting into the lane and and finishing. And I think if the Hornets can do that, then they've got a good chance because again, uh, this Atlanta team is. Well, I, I want to put a, a big caveat on this, because I said the same thing about the Chicago Bulls, that they struggle to score from outside, that they struggle to shoot the basketball, and they struggle to score traditionally. So, um, you know, the, the Hornets just have to come out with defensive intensity at the beginning of the game and then screen well and play good offense at the end of the game, and they'll be okay. They have to basically do what they couldn't do against Chicago.
1: Yes, pretty much. The, and why we got to bring up old stuff, Doug? Because again, that's said, the game. That,
0: that's a game that pops into my mind because I I think
1: why we got to bring up old stuff because I said they were they were done. The season's over after they lose, and you know what? The season apparently isn't over. today. I'm that. glad you're back I'm on. I'm glad you're
0: back on this this train now. I'm glad you're back on the bandwagon.
1: The only reason Keep I'm hope really alive. Back, the only reason I'm back on this bandwagon is because at this point. I'm not sure whether where they draft is going to matter considering what they need in the draft. That's the main reason I'm perfectly fine with a playoff run because I'm thinking between 11 and 15, there's probably not going to be that much of a difference to where they can either trade up or trade down to get the guy they want. So I'm that that, I'm gonna leave it at that. More importantly, keep hope alive. And I would like to, I I honestly do like to see what this team is going to do going forward because Someone pointed out to me recently, you know, we haven't seen uh, MKG and Cody in closed game situations. We can build a lot of stuff here. MKG's playing what? Again, raise your hand if you thought MKG was going to play 70-plus games this year. Because that's what it's looking like right now. He's going to play 70-plus games probably for the first time in his career. And granted, while it's in a sub-500 season, that's a fairly big milestone there are a lot of big milestones for a lot of the young talent for this team. And you know what? As far as this team goes, if we can get the young talent together and, and make it cohesive to where the starting five and the bench going forward can be something that can be relied upon, this will be a small setback to say that, you know what? Charlotte has a young nucleus that we can rely on to make the playoffs for the next five to ten years, even if they take a step back this year. And listen, so, the,
0: the the Hornets are playing the Hawks tonight, and then they travel to Orlando to play uh, the 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 Magic on Wednesday. And the Hornets are eight and three in the in division games this season. Uh, five and one when they're at home, and they hold division opponents to ninety-one point point five points per contest in those six home games. So that bodes well for Monday night. And then they've beaten Orlando several times this season already. So they travel there Wednesday. If they pick up that win, suddenly uh, they're looking at Friday in a matchup with the Cleveland Cavaliers uh, in Charlotte. And you don't Please. know who's you don't know who's going to play though. That, I think that's the point.
1: No, they're, they're, it, it, I think I think Cleveland took entirely too much guff from the league and and the media.
0: But it's not like a ad, the big thing. Big is it's not a national league. TV game. It's one you yeah. can you can sneak you can sneak the guys out the back door and let them go. You know, uh, hit the ice.
1: Well, this is also true. Especially, well, we'll see if they make. You, you are right. I th- I think that's a back to back for Cleveland. So you may have a point. I think that's a back to back. I'm not sure. That may be a back-to-back for Cleveland going into into that Friday game. So I wouldn't be – you may be right. I wouldn't be surprised if that's – we're talking about three or four in a row going into the weekend next weekend. So that's – a—I mean, this is a big stretch, but all these games matter, even if it isn't just for playoff seating, most importantly. This is about cohesiveness and building together a nucleus and building, again, building the culture, something that Clifford has talked Mm -hmm. about for – God knows how long, since basically since he's been here, about building a winning culture, expecting to win, preparing to win.
0: Yeah, And,
1: and that's a big thing for this franchise going forward.
0: And I'm not sure any of this, Matt, I'm not sure we're talking about any of this. I think we're talking about odds in the lottery, if not for Nick Batum coming back uh, from that uh, migraine issue and uh, opening up the offense a little bit against the Wizards, just enough to get a win over that team uh, so you know that was a huge win. That opens up again. It, it the door was the door had just a little tiny crack in it, and, and now it's 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 just open enough. And, and I think if they, you know they they win two out of the next three. If they drop the one to Cleveland, they drop the one to Cleveland. But I, I think that that door starts to open. As David and I said on Fox on Sunday, I think you know ten and three over this last stretch puts you. At two games under five hundred, you have two games against the Bucs. Uh, you play the Heat again. That may be enough. That may be enough. We'll have to see. Definitely the Hornets are going to have to have help uh, from other teams. We'll be back here on Tuesday with a recap of this game. Um, thanks, to, thanks for listening to Locked On, Hornets. We're out of time here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Hornets. subscribe to us on iTunes, and give us a rating while you're there. It helps hardcore Hornets fans like yourself find this podcast. Shoot us your Hornets questions and thoughts to buzzbuzz buzz at LockedOnHornets.com. Uh, thanks so much, Nada, for joining us here on a Monday, helping us uh, get everyone's week started with some great Hornets news and analysis.
1: Dude, uh, again, I'm just trying to fill in for David, and we all know that's impossible. David just does his thing and just leaves.
0: All right, watch out for those snowbanks, my friend.
1: I'm going to try. I'm going to try.
0: All right. For not, I'm Doug. Go Hornets. Go America. Beat the Hawks. Let's swarm Charlotte. Like what you hear? Consider sharing this podcast with other Charlotte Hornets fans. The easiest way? Our new website, LockedOnHornets.com. There you can download the podcast, listen to our latest episodes, and check out Locked On Hornets live on Tuesdays at 6 p.m.
3: Now